This podcast is for adults only. Content covers BDSM, kink, fetish and adult sexuality. This type of content may be triggering for some and we urge you to put your mental health first when considering if it's suitable for you. All activities discussed on this podcast are between enthusiastically consenting adults. BDSM and kink activities carry safety risks and we do not endorse activities mentioned on this podcast as right for your personal circumstances. We recommend self-education and engagement with community as appropriate ways to begin your real-world kink journey after you finish listening to this podcast. This is your extreme cheesiness warning. We are very cheesy people, and if you're not comfortable with that, this podcast is not for you. Hey, Oz. Yes? What cheese do you use to get a bear out of a tree? Which cheese? Come on, bear. Welcome to Help I Think I'm Kinky. I'm Oz. And I'm Prez. And we're Australian lifestyle kinksters who, along with our kinky friends, are here to help you get started on your kink journey. In this first season of Help I Think I'm Kinky, our goal is to promote kink-aware inspiration, education and a sense of community. We share a variety of perspectives and voices and some of the conversations that happen behind closed doors. Last episode, we met our kinky travel companions for the first time and they shared their origin stories. We've received some great feedback from our listeners on this episode, particularly about how much they enjoyed hearing those stories and found elements that they were able to relate to and connect with. You've also told us that kink vocabulary is a challenge, so remember there's a link in our show description to a kinky glossary you can consult. Also, this week... We've loved seeing your inner kinky superhero drawings. We'll be looking out for these all through the series, so keep them coming. This week, for example, we saw Nancy Lixit's laughing Domina Demon, say that ten times fast, who has a psychic ability for mind fuckery and a mean stick for bad boys, and Pretty Pleaser's inner goddess, featuring an amazing pair of boots along with her many skills and strengths. We also had one queen with a rather solid-looking ruler for checking to see if subs measure up, and even a potato-based superhero, and many, many more which you can see in our highlight on our Instagram page. The focus here is not on your drawing ability, but naming the qualities that you bring to play experiences with others. What do you value? What special skills or energy do you bring? Be brave, create your drawing and share it, and tag us, help I think I'm kinky on Instagram, so we can give you some well-deserved praise. I hear that's actually a kink, Oz. And uh, we actually have on the line, Prez, we have um, one of our uh, friends of the show, Harley. So we're going to bring you in. Harley, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? That's all right. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Always my pleasure. <laughs> and the reason why we asked you to be a part of the show was because you shared 
a kinky superhero drawing during the week. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit about what inspired you to do your drawing this week when you listen to the show? Well, as always, my inspiration is you beautiful people. Um, (laughs) You bring me all sorts of inspiration for life. Um, But, uh, yeah, having a a pink persona is something I've always had um, ever since I discovered my own kink in in 2009. So um, drawing a persona and coming up with the idea was actually the easiest part. (laughs) (laughs) So what was it like actually putting it down onto paper? Um, I love a pencil or two. I don't mind a bit of colour. Uh, I'm not uh, also like yourself, Oz. I don't just exclusively wear black. There's red in there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I actually really loved the experience. I chucked on some music that was inspirational, popped on a dull lamp um, and, and kind of just, just started and it just, it grew. It was it was just so much fun. Well, it was amazing, and it was so great to see it shared um, shared on the web. And we were very happy to be able to forward that on, so that other people could uh, get a look at your talents on there as well. So, um, the last question that I've got for you while you're on the line is: What would you say is your special kinky superpower? Uh, well, if you ask my beautiful partner or anyone who's had the pleasure in the past, uh, I have quite a super posterior <laughs> bottom buttocks, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, my love for impact uh, in the public eye is a superpower. My masochism is definitely filled by exhibitionism. So put me in front of a couple of people and uh, good luck bruising me. <laughs> sounds sounds like a super superpower that uh, we could definitely get behind that's right (laughs) all aboard today we're journeying into some deeper territory with our kinky friends talking about taking kink into the real world So we'll let our friends introduce themselves and then hear how they began exploring and what they wish they'd known before they began exploring. Then they'll be back with advice they'd give themselves if they were starting out now. My name is Pretty Please. My name is Rose. I use the pronouns she and her. I'm Mon. I'm he, him. I'm 31. My job is... Basically, maths and spreadsheets, that's as much info as I'll give. Um, I am 32 and I work in healthcare. I am 22 and my occupation is a student with way too many part-time jobs. Hi, I am Kitty. Uh, my pronouns are she, uh, her. Nancy Lixit. She, her. 38. Creator of Smart. Hi, I am Sen and I'm Susan Death XO on FetLife. My pronouns are she and her. I'm in my late 20s and I am a full-time student. I'm 29 years old and I work as a nurse. I began exploring relatively recently. Um, my partner and I started engaging in like sexual activity with other people, um, mainly our friends. Um, it was really eye-opening to sort of 
see that both of us really enjoyed that and don't really experience a lot of jealousy surrounding it, which is really great. Um, I feel really secure in my relationship knowing that my partner can go and do things with other people and it isn't going to mean that he's leaving me or any other kind of negative reflection on our relationship. I started exploring with my long-term partner and we kind of started with impact and restraints and a little bit of humiliation. Um, You know, he was very open to a lot of that. He was open to being the submissive. So we just kind of explored a lot of physical things. Exploring kink specifically, um, when we did start doing things with other people, it was very eye-opening that the things that I'm into that my partner isn't necessarily into um, were something that I could explore with other people. So it really did start with like impact and sort of things like that and then led to me having a more intense and deep like dominant submissive relationship with somebody. When I first started dating, um, the guy I was interested in really softly hinted at maybe being wanting to be called daddy and I was like oh maybe I could pretend to be interested in this and then totally take over it and it will be a really kinky relationship yeah that's sort of just how I started with that and then that sort of tiptoeing into it then realizing actually no I would like to pursue this properly um and yeah now I will I still say I will never be in a vanilla relationship ever so I started uh, my kinky journey. We caught up with a couple of friends who are kinky people and I've been friends with these people since high school. Things just got hot and steamy and we had a very fun night together and then um, uh, one of the, those friends introduced me to FetLife because she knew that I liked taking photos of myself. She's like, oh, you can share them here. Like, it's a safe space to share them. I was like, that's cool. And then... Um, yeah, then I got introduced to FetLife and I was like, wow, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> and then I just sort of, yeah, you know, looking through that and I was like, oh, that's a cool thing. Maybe I want to try that. And it just sort of evolved from there. Uh, I found an ad on FetLife and just started speaking to that to that dom or a couple of doms through being, yeah, an ad on FetLife and being contacted by someone on FetLife and just spoke to those people for a couple of months and ended up meeting them and playing with them and having kind of um yeah occasional occasional play sessions with those with those people. So what did you learn from our kinky friends Oz? Well they all started small for some of them it was starting in an existing relationship um but they definitely weren't diving into a big 24-7 power exchange dynamic right from the get-go. Uh, but the other thing that I heard was that um, it had an impact then on their future relationships, so what they've pursued since. So it's either sharpened their understanding about what they're looking for or maybe it's just an awareness about in a relationship, this is what I need out of it. That was what I heard. What about you, Prez? So some diverse stories there for sure. For the most part, exploring kink for the first time was unplanned and spontaneous with an existing partner or friends who might or might not be kinky but were open to giving something a try. 
Rose was the outlier in that she spent quite a long time in conversation before acting on her interests and she specifically approached someone from a kink website. Yeah. If I'm someone who's not in a relationship though or don't have a developed idea about what I'm looking for, how would you suggest I get started? Well, I'd say show up. And what I mean by that is get out and meet people in the real world with the proviso that you treat them like fellow regular human beings, not kink dispensers. So I would say connection first, kink second. So focus on making friends, not just on matching up your kinks. That's really tough. And it's it's just not the way that people connect and relate. So think about expanding your network as a starting point. You never know who leads you to who, who leads you, you know, who knows who, who leads you to who. And don't put too much pressure on it. A lot of us are not necessarily really comfortable in social situations. So just be gentle on yourself. Just think first, make a friend. Yeah, I agree with the in-person approach, especially because trying to connect purely online can be really difficult. If they exist in your area, a good low pressure starting point would be a munch or a Skillshare. Uh, But we'll talk a bit more about those later. Uh, Just whatever you do, apply your regular street smarts. If you really have to get your kink on, there is the option of seeking a professional service provider. So, Oz, how did you begin exploring? Well, thanks for asking. My pleasure. (laughs) Uh, Look, I started doing lots of reading and research first uh, before I started connecting with people online. Um, Eventually, that in time meant meeting for in-person meetings for coffee uh, sometimes when I was lucky, <laughs> that moved on to play relationships. Uh, these were ad hoc though, so um, uh, they did did develop some kind of power dynamics, like we would play dom-sub games, we would engage in bondage and impact play. Uh, what was important was really the individual connections though. Um, they were the things that really stood out for me. Uh, I remember going to my first munch uh, And uh, it was the first experience that I had of really seeing what it meant to be connecting with people uh, in a community in this space. And um, the main thing was that uh, struck me about it was that it was very welcoming. It was low key. It was regular. It was a regular event that happened every Friday night. It doesn't happen anymore, but um, it was one of those things that you knew it was going to happen every Friday. Uh, it was very social and it, they made a specific effort to make newcomers feel welcome. Uh, so it, it just allowed me to see what a kink community could look like. Um, what about for you, Prez? Did you have a similar entry into the scene? I fell into it with a boyfriend. We were both into restraints, yay handcuffs, rough play, power dynamics. We had protocols and tasks Uh I just had no idea that that was kink. Yeah, I feel very naive now. (laughs) (laughs) And in hindsight, that was a very unhealthy relationship dynamic because he was actually more controlling than he was dominant. And neither of us had any idea about safety or aftercare. And I found myself in some pretty confused and awful states not knowing what was wrong with me after play. I now know that that's a form of sub drop, but... Honestly, I had no idea. I remember sitting in my car and shaking, feeling really panicky, thinking that something was seriously, seriously wrong with me. Um, 
meeting Oz through FetLife was a turning point and my first kink community experience was at a rope class and then at a munch with him. Speaking of munches, up next we have a munch expert. Our guest runs the fantastic G-Spot adult store in Melbourne, Australia, and he generously hosts a variety of kink-friendly events, including excellent munches. Welcome, guest. Will you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello. Thank you for having me here. My name is Christopher, and as you said, I'm the manager of the uh, G-Spot adult variety store in uh, southeastern Melbourne. Lucky you. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you want to try working there first thing in the morning. Oh, gosh. Do you get some interesting yeah. characters in the door first thing in the morning? Uh, we do and we don't, but it's more, I just don't like getting up in the morning anymore. Once upon a time, I used to rise, rise at five o'clock when I was writing. Now, I love my sleep. I can definitely relate to that, Christopher, very much. <laughs> so, tell me, what is a munch? Um, that's, it's one of those questions that's really hard to answer because they're, they're a very fluid kind of an event. They can happen during the daytime, they can happen at nighttime, but there are a few, a few different kinds of munch depending on sort of the people who are running it and so forth. Um, there's a slosh, S-L-O-S-H, which is an event where you're more likely to find alcohol where you know, people will go out for a drink and even a pub crawl. On occasions, in the overseas viewers, you can look up you can look up pub crawl later on and work out what Australia is really like. Um, where you've got a munch, uh, which tends to you know, they can include alcohol, but not always. Uh, they're usually held at somewhere like a bar or a cafe or somewhere like that. Uh, it's a pay-as-you-go event. Uh, there's no admission price. You just kind of you know, pay for what you eat or what you drink. And please don't split the bill if you go to a munch. This is a personal gripe. I can't stand sitting in a restaurant watching people split the bill. Just pay as you go and don't annoy the rest of us and don't annoy the staff. Um, you, look, getting back onto the subject, the, the events, a munch event or a slosh event, they're usually for sort of casual events uh, because they're held in more public locales. Uh, it's better off to wear something uh, more sort of streetwise or discreet as opposed to uh, what you would normally wear to a BDSM event. Of course, some people do wear their, their BDSM cues, such as their collars or darker or more formal clothing. Uh, they're usually 18-plus events, people 18 or over, or drinking age or over, depending on the country you're in, I guess. Um, and that does mean showing a bit more respect for the people around you. Like so that. so the, munch, the munch part refers to getting together and eating food, Yes. Yeah, yeah, getting together, and it can be formal or it can be less formal. Uh, but you might find it in a local park. You, you might more of a picnic, uh, bring your own sort of a picnic feel to it. Uh, the one we run in our store means that we can be a little more open about it because we're in a more of a private location. But generally speaking, yeah, it's getting down, uh, having perhaps a drink, uh, having something to eat. I went to one earlier on today by coincidence, uh, I was going to stay there for 15 minutes, half an hour. I got stuck there for three hours, had a salad, had something to eat, had something to drink, and uh, killed up with some people I don't normally catch up with. And that's one of the great things about a munch. You can have a conversation with somebody in a uh, a bit less of a formal situation in a, a bit more informative way than you can at an event where there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of distractions. So why do you run munches? Why do I run munches? Probably because I'm insane. <laughs> um, uh, well, 
a part of my history, I, I spent 25 years in senior events management when I got out of journalism because I thought that I'd like to make money. Uh, that didn't work out either. But uh, generally speaking, the community is pretty supportive of our store. You know, it's not just as simple as running a, a BDSM specialty store. You know, we have 250 square meters in a building and that's a bit of a nuisance. So we appreciate it when people just come along and support our shop. Um, and their support's allowed us to spend, you know, probably too many thousands of dollars building this custom classroom and event space for the community to use. So we decided from the very beginning, if we're going to have this event space, we're going to use it to give something back to the community, which means often cheap hire spaces for people who want to run an event of their own. But we definitely decided that we would do a monthly social event, which of course is uh, the Mezzanine Munch. And it's gone pretty well. It's uh, a lot more successful than we thought. We've had to open the back area up and put a, a marquee up at the back there. We get so many people. So That's it's great. really good fun and really relaxed. Uh, and we, we really just do it to, to pay back. We are, we're trying to support the community as opposed to you know, kind of just take money off here at the cash register, which I'm happy to do anyway. For a first-timer attending a munch, uh, what should they expect and why is it worth going? It's, it's going to be a different experience for everybody. It's a social event. So you're going to find the people you do like and the people you don't like. You're going to work your way around the room pretty quickly. For first-timers, they're usually made to feel very welcome. I mean, people are very welcoming in this community. They'll try and make it easy for you. If you identify yourself as having never been to an event before, people will make it really easy for you. You know, you don't have to do much. If you don't, you kind of sit around the edges and work it out for yourself or you can just dive right in. There's no pressure either way. Mostly, mostly you're going to find people sitting around just talking about everyday stuff, really. I mean, they're going to be talking about their new car. There was a fellow there today talking about the renovation on a Falcon that he's doing at the moment, a, a, an old car of his. Uh, people will be talking about what's in their fridge at home because I was going shopping afterwards. They'll talk about the football game. They'll talk about the, the most recent social events they've been to. It's a very, very informal event. It's not people sitting around you know, in leather pants and leather chaps talking about BDSM and fetish and what they're doing. It really is more of a social club. Uh, it, it is a good way to find out you know, about events that are coming up because you're getting to meet people who are going to the events and working out what kind of events that you, um, that you want to go to. Uh, the best shops that you can go to, you'll learn you know, who's selling the best leather and who's selling the best latex and where not to go and who's going to rip you off and so on. Um, but it is just a good opportunity to get to know people outside of play events. If you go to a play event, if you go to a, a, a venue, there are protocols in place. General behavior can be a bit more formal because people are managing a scene. Where at a munch, you, you're sitting down, you're having a chat, you can be very relaxed I mean, guess, I, I guess if I was going to bring it down to very simple terms, it's no different to any after-work gathering or social club meeting you might want to go to. You'll be sitting around the group of people who have very similar ideas and, and similar ambitions to you. Hey, Prez, um, what's one thing that you wish that you knew before you started your kink journey? I wish I had friends who knew about kink and who I could talk to about it. How about you? Well, I wish that I knew actually how accessible people were within the community. Um, like I remember having this really clear image of people 
clad in leather, almost like a bikey, secret bikey club. Uh, but in the end, you know, it was just sort of everyday people like you and me who uh, are trying to explore things the way that they want to explore in a supported environment, really. So no seedy red doors in some back alley, you know, in some dark, dingy part of the city. Although uh, that that actually does sound quite exciting. It does sound pretty cool, actually. <laughs> All right, so next up, uh, we're going to hear from our super uh, kinky heroes and uh, they're going to tell us a bit about what they wish they knew before they started exploring. I probably wish that I'd known about King earlier rather than in my late 20s. <laughs> I know that's still quite young. Um, more about red flags and trusting my gut based on a few experiences that I've had in the past. Um, I was an occasional play partner with someone who ended up being partnered um, and that was a really horrible, horrible situation. Um, one of my first questions when I when I start talking to someone is, are you partnered? Um, and he had said, no, I am more wary, much more wary now. If someone can't host at their home, it's it's a massive red flag for me now. When I first met my sub, I'd been chatting with him for quite a while um, and we decided that we wanted to play and we booked an Airbnb and um, we met there. So that was the first time I'd ever met him um, and I hadn't actually told anyone where <laughs> we were staying. Uh, it was fine. Everything was fine. He's a lovely human being and we had a really good night. But in hindsight, that was a very, very bad move. Um, and I think, yeah, that's probably something that I, oh, well, I'm more aware of now is like the safety aspect of just because someone seems good online doesn't mean that they're good in person. And um, yet rather than just getting like, you know, fueling those emotions and being like, yeah, I want to do this fun thing, just like taking a step back and being like, no, we need to think about this logically and be safe about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, meet for coffee first and then go to the Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. I guess on a personal level, like if I could go back and tell myself something, it'd probably be like, be less nervous about asking people to do things. Is It's something I've kind of gotten a bit better at lately, but it took me a lot of time to get past and like sheer nervousness at it and you know, you can ask people to do something and if they say yes, they'll say yes. If they say no, they say no. I wish that I had have known that it isn't necessary to feel a sense of competition with other people or to sort of exist in a way that I'm meant to. Um, like you see a lot of things online where people will be like, oh, a submissive is like this or people who are into pain should like paddles, for example, and that's just not who I am and I really don't like seeing that online because it makes me feel insecure about who I am and whether I'm legit enough or hardcore enough or any of these enough feelings and that's something that I wish I had have known because now I'm a lot more secure in who I am and what I'm interested in. Um, the gatekeepers, to be honest. Like I've been a part of a lot of online communities um, from when I discovered that I was polyamorous and 
the gatekeepers blow my mind and I really wish someone would have tapped me on the shoulder to say, even in the most open places that you think exist in the world, there are gatekeepers who think you can do it right and that you can do it wrong. Um, Because I am a mummy to a boy and I play with littles and I do regression play and, you know, there's a lot of gatekeepers in the kink world around that where, you know, you're doing it wrong and you're being creepy or, I mean, I've been called a pedophile a number of times because I do like to play in a regression world where I'm a mummy. And so I guess it was mind-blowing to me, this idea of gatekeepers inside of kink and polyamory where we're supposed to be experiencing these things as honestly as we can. So, Perez, uh, what stood out for you in that conversation? Wow, some very interesting personal reflections. What stood out for me were points about following intuition and considering personal safety. I, and this might be a massive generalisation, but like as a mask, I'm not really used to talking about intuition. Um, you might have to enlighten us on that topic a little bit, Prez. So intuition is like your innate instincts. It could be like a little voice or a feeling in your gut that something isn't quite right. Some people say it's your body reacting to small signals or subconscious thoughts or information. Have you ever experienced that? Uh, I think my most, I think for me, it's really more about having had these conversations with you and uh, that has led to me learning to trust your intuition (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Um, I thought the remarks about measuring up to other people's standards was really interesting. Yeah, that's, that's something I relate to a lot. Um, we do, um, a fair bit of impact play as you know, and I don't mark very easily. My body doesn't tend to bruise. And then I look at all these pictures online of these people who've done impact play and they have the reward of these amazing bruises to show on their body and I have nothing. And sometimes that really gets me down and I've had to do a lot of work on understanding that the experience doesn't have to be about what's visible. Um, But yes, I definitely do understand about that feeling of measuring up to the standards of others. For those who have never experienced it, there is often a moment at a uh, kink play event or even the next day online in in social media feeds where people have, you know, done their impact play and are racing off to take photos of their bottoms in the bathroom, (laughs) uh, of the cane marks and the, you know, uh, all sorts of things that have been going on. And and it's their trophy of the the event. But um, I know that we definitely try and talk about how um, how the play is the most important aspect. It's not the marks. Uh, you know, they might be, you know, look interesting and, and they might be a great reminder, but we, you know, we, we try to emphasise the play as much as possible. Yeah, and also comparing to other people's standards is always a recipe for feeling bad. You can't compare your what's going on on the inside for you to what's happening on the outside for someone else. You're not in somebody else's life. Uh, the other thing that struck me was Nancy's experience talking about uh, the gatekeepers that she'd in, you know, encountered in regards to regression and age play. Uh, however, I, I don't think it would be unique to that type of play from, from our experience either. Uh, just like lots of arenas in life, even in the vanilla world, there are lots of people who you know, make judgments on what they don't fully understand. Maybe they feel threatened by newcomers into a scene or... Uh, you know, on, on people who do things differently. Um, 
I think what's that expression that you keep, you know, bringing up? <laughs> so I say kink tomato and where that comes from is there's a saying, your kink's not my kink and that's okay. And the acronym, if you say it really quickly, sounds like kink tomato. So <laughs> yeah, Where you write it out and yeah, yep. it looks fine. Yep. Yep. Um, so uh, look, in terms of that, really we would encourage kindness goes a long way. Everybody started somewhere and, and we have to remember that from time to time and and I think the more that we can model uh, for people how to play safely, how to engage safely, that really goes a long way as opposed to shutting people out. Last, Last stop. stop. Is it your turn or my turn this week? <laughs> it's my turn. There are two ways to learn in this world, Oz. One is from our own experience, the hard way, and one is from the experience of others the easier way. We don't need to learn every lesson the hard way. So have a listen as our kinking superheroes give us some of their hard-earned advice. I feel like the most important advice is to just let your judgments go. You know, we all kind of come into this kink world with these ideas of what's right and what's wrong and what people might think are too weird. And so I think my advice to me would be to let the judgments go, to trust yourself and to love all of the dark things and all of the shadows because that's where I found my power. Um, And also to read, you know, like we come into this world and we have these vibes of what we enjoy and there are people who also have had those vibes and have written about them and they talk about different types of the vibe and like how you feel dominance and how you feel submissive. And I really found it quite helpful to hear these different perspectives because understanding where your dominance comes from or where your submissiveness comes from and where that fits inside of your personality, I think is really important to being able to explore it correctly. Yeah, and spend some time thinking about it with yourself is what I would say. Realising I'm kinky and then extending on that. What, what does that look like in my wildest fantasies? One of my favourite sayings is that kink is a buffet to choose from and not a set menu. Um, that's my favourite saying I like to lean on. Um, be very aware of privacy and personal safety. Please do not give out your name or phone number in those early days. There are so many apps where you can hide your number. And if someone's not going to respect the fact that you don't want to give out your phone number, then they are just, just leave it. <laughs> it's not, that's a massive red flag for me. Meet for the first time in a neutral and public place. Look, if you're going to spend the night with them, you might have met them a couple of times, maybe once. I don't know. Feel, just grab their car, Reggie, or something like that and make sure it lines up with their car. I don't know if that's what you're going to do. Like, that's just a nice little fallback. That's what I've done in the past as well. I would tell myself that I am not too much and that it is okay to be who I am, which is very passionate and intense. Like I'm a very emotional person, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I would encourage myself to explore things with people and to not be so self-conscious about everything, uh, including like my body and the things that I am interested in. Don't run a munch as your intro to the kink world. Like running an event when you don't know anyone else in the scene is bad for two reasons. One is if someone shows up and they're a problem, 
You've got no one to like give you a heads up of that. The other thing is, if you do run into someone who is a problem and remove them, no one else is going to know that you've done that. Um, one experience I had was the first bad actor I ran into, I eventually banned the guy from stuff I did. And when I was starting to go to other things, uh, this would have been about close to a year and a half afterwards, I met someone and they mentioned, oh, I wasn't sure about going to those munches because I knew this person was going to them like, no, 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 I banned them ages ago. But, you know, because I wasn't involved with anything else, no one else knew that. I would tell myself to slow down and explore more things with my partner um, before branching out. I, like, I've really enjoyed what I've done, but I think I would have really liked to have built something more with my partner first and then sort of spread out. Um yeah, but then, and also, yeah, just the slowing down, taking things one at a time. You know, after being introduced to FetLife, I was like, there's so many things and I want to do them all right now. And, you know, I'd have a really fun session, um, like with my sub, for example. Uh, I'd have a really fun time and we might do like one thing new and then I'd go home and be like, oh, but we didn't do this and we didn't do this. And, and I'd get upset about that. Uh, so it took me a little while to realise that it's okay because there's next time and the time after that and the time after that. So, yeah, just slow down, enjoy it, like just take your time. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> Something that's important to me is if you are playing with someone that is partnered, talk to their partner. If they're not willing to facilitate that, then for me that's that's a red that's a red flag. And, look, I understand that some partners want to be kept separate to it but I would never feel comfortable playing with a consenting partner without speaking to the partner um, myself Um, and it's a respect thing it's it's about you know their boundaries as well it's really important to me that I respect a partner's boundaries and what the what the man tells me the partner's boundaries are sometimes are very different to what the um the partner has actually told me so I like I like hearing it directly from the partner you also don't need to do all the things at once you don't need to explore everything at once just take it take it slow you know if you want to do impact don't go hard straight away it's you know as you know my my friends say it's always best to be left wanting more and I really agree with that and kind of that that's kind of one of my philosophies now Well, that is some brilliant advice. These are the conversations we need to be having. It comes back to what we said in our first episode, just how important it is to open up lines of communication. Before we wrap up, Oz, is there some advice you would have given yourself? I drew the short straw, did I, to go first? did. So for me, the advice really is focus on connection. There's always more to learn and... uh, the lessons that uh, I've learned, especially the hard way, uh, have been important in providing me with indicators for behaviour that is or is not okay. Uh, the other lessons really are around valuing the time that I do get to share with the people that cross my kinky path. And remember that, you know, even when connections don't work out the way that we want them to, um, even though this is extremely hard, that there is an opportunity there to focus on what is in, it, in our control um, like through how we play with people, how we connect, how we treat others at events or play more privately. How about for you, Perez? 
There are lots of learnings, but a simple one is that if someone sends me an unsolicited message on FetLife, I'm not obligated to reply. In a world where women are taught to always be nice and polite, that's been a very challenging lesson to learn. But I don't owe a stranger my time and energy. And also, I've learned that men who send me messages, most of which are awful, will interpret any form of engagement, even a fuck off, as she's interested. So don't engage, block, archive and move on. Plus, I really want to go to that kink buffet. I'm all in with my big plate. I'll come too. (laughs) It sounds good. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, Kinky superheroes for today's journey. Um, Next episode, we are approaching kink play with others. So uh, please tune in for that. And remember, follow us on Instagram at help I think I'm kinky, one word, to see and share your kinky superhero images and to stay up to date with future episodes. Like and follow on your podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And please feel free to give us a glowing please, review. Please, 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 please. <laughs> and recommend us to your friends. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, follow your kinky heart, but take your brain with you.